0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin.
1: And I'm Maddie Cassidy.
0: And today we have another Career Pathways episode coming at you. We spoke to one of our-
1: Our co- very own. Yeah.
0: One of our coworkers here bumped into her in the hall, and uh, we thought she'd be a great guest to come on and talk about her career. So we're sitting down with Jane B., who is the Market Development Manager at GSA. And- She has a really cool story and kind of a fun and interesting way that she got into the industry. So
1: She has some great advice at the end, so make sure you listen all the way through.
0: That's right. Before we get into it, I want to remind everybody, like I always do, to make sure that you subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen so you can get every new episode directly downloaded onto your device as soon as it's available.
1: And if you want more of Aquademia, then follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod. And you can get in touch with us on our website, which is globalseafood.org slash podcast.
0: Who wouldn't want more of Aquademia? Right. Let's be serious. Also, if you have a couple minutes, please take the time to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. It really helps us out. And we appreciate everybody that has already done that. We just got a new one today and we love seeing those reviews and they are very helpful. So And
1: they, they make our day.
0: Too. They really do. So <laughs> thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you at the end.
1: Okay, so we are sitting down with Jane B, who is our market development manager here at Global Seafood Alliance. Welcome, Jane. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you on the show. So Jane is someone that Sean and I have worked with for many years, and she's never been on Aquedemia before, but she's an avid listener. So welcome. We're so excited to have you. Yeah, I'm very excited, too. So today we're going to be going through the story of Jane's career in the seafood industry. And I would say that Jane has a very interesting story, especially for someone that's pretty young, like, but she's deep into her career. So let's start from the beginning, Jane. So tell us about where you grew up and how you first got interested in seafood.
2: Yeah, sure. I grew up in China. And I went to college in a coastal city called Qingdao in China, and I studied English, language and literature, uh, which I really have strong in- interest for because I believe the English language opens a door to just a whole different um, different cultures and different countries. And then through mastering this language, I can learn a lot.
0: And you, you remember? Mm-hmm. So English and literature. Yeah. Do you remember some of the stuff that you had to read in those literature courses? I'm really curious about because I am. We've talked about this. I'm in a literature course right now oh. for my master's degree. I have. This is my final week and I hate it.
1: It's your last week. This
0: is my last week of this of that course. Oh, OK. No. Yeah. I haven't. I'll, I won't be done with my program till like April. But uh, I'm curious if you remember any of this, the actual literature that you had to read. Was it American literature? or Was it Chinese literature?
2: Oh, uh, it. Is- it's uh, Western literature yeah. and mainly, and then there's also translations. Uh, mm. that, that's one part of, part of the study. And so I, I did read a lot of the classical Western literature work. Mm. And uh, it, we had a poetry class and where wow. I really enjoy the sonnets, and Shakespeare sonnets. And, and I really like the book Jane Eyre which is you know, very relatable and her experience. <laughs> and, and is that, that Jane Austen? That's, uh, M, uh, that's Charlotte. Charlotte Bronte. Bronte. Oh, yeah. yes. So that's actually where I really uh, solidify my English name, Jane, that I picked that. <laughs> and so, yeah. Oh, that's it was... why
1: you chose the name
2: Jane? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. That's super cool.
0: Yeah. I wish I could, like, choose my name.
2: I
1: know. I <laughs> yeah. think you're such a Sean, though.
0: Yeah, but it'd be cool like to have like one specific scenario where it's like, well, this is my X Y Z name. Yeah, like I use this name for. I guess I could like if I started writing, I could like do a a pen name, a pen name, (laughs) ghost writing name or something. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just no, like, that, no. that's the world that I've been living in right now and I'm just like, mm. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. hate all of the flowery language of the, the classical literature <laughs> stuff. So I'm like, I can only imagine having to do that in another language that I don't, mm. you know, speak naturally. So yeah. uh,
2: I think having just a strong interest on my part, that's really helped. Um, so I felt like, oh, learning English is, English is a very, is an easy language to learn. And I have had that mindset from, from back then in college. And then, Recently, I was reminded like it's actually not so. The difference between the Chinese language or any uh, some other Eastern languages and the the English mm-hmm. language is very uh, is very big. Um, but when I was doing that, and a GSA and formerly GA's Go Conference uh, went to Qingdao in two thousand eight, so I was in my third year. And as an English major, and the Go Conference was looking for some volunteers just to help the conference attendees to register and help direct them. And so the organizer back then, uh, Sally Kruger, came to my university and recruited twenty English majors to help oh, to wow. volunteer at the conference. Oh my so God. yeah, so. I was exposed (laughs) to (laughs) the world of seafood, yeah, the world of uh, seafood and aquaculture. I remember I had to look up the word aquaculture, (laughs) and I was like, "Hmm." So, but it made sense to me because it's the aqua that 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 prefix, and then culture. So basically, you grow seafood in the water, and and I looked up a um, GA's website, and it was very intrigued, and and it was also the first time I heard about. Nonprofit, and then mm-hmm. having that mission, so I was like, nonprofit. Like, what does that mean? Like, how do, how does the organization sustain you know, as as nonprofit? And that was just a new concept to me. And um, but I was also was able to witness just the Go Conference, and as a world class conference for the industry. And I remember George and Wally and their um, speeches and then opening remarks. And then there were some of the top Chinese experts from the seafood industry there, too. So I was just very, so impressed, very interested, and remember GAA's website. And um, But after that, I went back to finish my college degree. And um, and then in the f- f- rest of the two years of my college career, I remember uh, G A is that back then had an office in, in Missouri, in St. Louis, that's Missouri, right, yeah. yeah. And uh, during that time, I had um, th- this opportunity was given to me to come to study in, in the U.S. for graduate school. And it's going to be, it was going to be in Missouri. So I'm like, oh, Missouri, maybe that's not too far from the GE office. I can what go visit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like
0: all the stars aligned.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so then after I graduated from college I uh, came to the U.S. and I had two year of uh, two-year programming grad school and I studied communication so specifically intercultural communication mm-hmm. and between my uh, two years that summer and I, I reached out to Sally and I just uh shoot her an email and said hey Sally do you you know do you want to would you like a free summer intern? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so and Sally's like, "Yeah, of course. We had a, you know, plan for that." <laughs> Plenty of work to be done. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. come help, help out. And so I went And that was, it was a
0: really small organization at that point, right? Yeah. Was just like a handful of people. Yes. Running and, the show there. Yep.
2: So. It was um, just George, Sally, Lorraine, Dave, and Rebecca are very, I think, first accountant <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. a long time ago. And I was there for the summer, and everybody just helped me so much and wanted to, and Lauren took me to the St. Louis baseball game. So mm-hmm. that's how that's I was so I, fun. I what what year love. is this? this? This is 2011. 2011, okay. Yeah. So I had really, it's a privilege to ex- getting the exposure to the aquaculture industry and even though our, the office is small, but I also learned like we are connected with the global experts in the field mm-hmm. and the, the uh, technical committee and the SOC, uh, the standard oversight committee that developed the standard for BAP, the best agriculture practices. And so I learned about that. And then I helped with the, the GOAL 2011, the organization of that, so it was just such a, it's a perfect internship. And I really Especially enjoyed Especially for that. intercultural communication. Yeah, yes, sure. yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I think it was through that internship that I developed the, the dream to really have, oh, it'll be... It would be just a dream to work for an organization such as GSA, and then I can use what I learned from school, the communication skills, and I can uh, interact with people from different culture, and also the seafood industry, uh, especially the aquaculture industry. And I feel like, wow, that was such—it was so good to contribute to the sustainability of seafood mm-hmm. and to feed the world population. The responsibly produced um, seafood. So
0: yeah, it's a it's a good example of like if you have an interest and you see an opportunity to jump on it, right? That's something that we always mm-hmm. kind of land on in these career pathways episodes. Is like, yeah. where, what's that moment? Justin always likes to highlight that, like, what's that moment where you you have the opportunity and you you seized it and you jumped on it, you know? And that was when you had the the trip to Missouri, right? And you said, okay, well, I'm gonna take this opportunity and really follow this interest as much as I can. And that that's pretty. It's not something that a lot of people do, you know. it's, yeah, it's you, you need, not easy. It, 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 it takes courage to do that. Yeah. Especially in an industry that you're not really involved in, right? You just happened to volunteer for this one conference and it, was, it sparked yeah. your interest a little bit, right? And you just yeah. kind of pursued it. which is,
2: Yeah. Definitely that, that passion was there. And I was also inspired by how the colleagues in the office, how they explained the aquaculture industry to their of family and just friends. And I, I heard George talk, I heard Sally explain and just what they do, what the organization is about. And, and I, that was the moment of conversion. I think I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is very, it is the most sustainable way of providing more seafood to people who really wanted to and who, people who need to in general. I think, especially in the US, and people need to be encouraged to to have more seafood. And how, how can you meet that um, supply, um, that demand?
0: Yeah. yeah so. so you've done, so you started here. When did you officially start working? Because uh, you were interning in 2011.
2: Yes. So 2012, that summer, I graduated from <clears throat> uh, my master's degree. And um, then that was when I uh, got offered a job. And I actually had an offer to, go to a PhD program with a scholarship, and the offer from a GA came within the same week. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, but the G- the GA offer came first, so I accepted it. And then I had to say, oh, sorry. <laughs> and yeah, so that was- Two uh, very different paths. I know, yeah, I had I really thought about it, and I think I wanted to, in order to communicate better, what the industry is, um, or anything about working for a business. Because I had a, also a passion to, to teach people uh, mm-hmm. and to, to be a teacher. That's, that's the, the dream I had from my younger years. And, but then and I felt like if I just go straight, straight into the academia world, and then I wouldn't really have practical experience working in an organization. So I'm like, hmm, let me, let me work first for some time and then... There's no turning back. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's where I started with the uh, at GSA in 2012.
0: Two thousand twelve. Yeah. you've ten d-
2: years. Yeah. Ten years. Yeah. And
0: you've done a lot since you've been here. You've done a lot of different kind of things. Yeah. So I'll walk us through kind of what you were doing in the beginning and then what you I mean, you bounced back and forth between China. Multiple and, countries. And, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. kind of walk us through what everything that you've done.
2: Yeah, sure. In the beginning, I helped a lot with events. So the GO conference, that's one main one So um, for, for those, you know, the audience must have heard, a, heard about the conference. That's the GSA's main event, the Responsible Seafood Conference. And that attracts every year, 300 to 400 seafood leaders from around the world. And the conference goes to different country every, every year.
0: Um, yeah, it's in Seattle this year and you can still register? Go to globalseafood.org slash goal. Yes,
1: if you're listening in 2022. If you're
0: listening in 2022.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes, If absolutely. you're listening to this in like winter 2022, then you missed it <laughs> or beyond.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was a really a good experience. Because I saw it was truly a lot of attendees from all over the world and from different countries and the, the leading uh, and, and then, w- including the U.S., so the leading seafood companies from the U.S. and a lot of those companies are are mem- the members, mm-hmm. and they are very supportive. And then, of course, I had the opportunity to go to the the conference, then to witness the just the fruit of the labor from um, from Sally, from you know Steve, uh, Steve Heland, Just fantastic conference programs, and and it always is such a Amazing experience. So I helped with goal and a lot of administrative tasks, including uh, communications. So we didn't have a dedicated, as a small team, we didn't have a dedicated person to do uh, pushing out newsletters, and mm-hmm. that's so all I helped uh, worked on that and selecting an email distribution system and pushing out the the newsletters and every week. And I helped with the back then we have the magazine the. Glo- uh, responsible seafood advocate was uh, in print so every month or every couple couple of months we send out the magazines to the sub- subscriber so a lot of uh, uh, their area of the organization and I did that for the first uh, two to three years and also 2013 I was uh, sent to the Future Leaders Program, uh, which is a a key training program for the seafood industry in the U.S. And that was started by Wally Stevens, our retired CEO, and it's through the National Fishery Institute. So that was a great, great program. I learned a lot. That was basically the orientation, my orientation to the industry because the attendees or the, my classmates are from all sectors of the safety industry. Um from code storage, from, you know, importing and sales and then marketing and then even insurance. Um, so that was just great. And
0: Yeah, we did a pretty comprehensive episode on the Future Leaders program with Wally Stevens, uh, and a couple Melana of Elena Lewis, yeah, yeah from uh, NFI. From NFI. Yeah. Um, if anyone is interested in learning about that, you can go back and listen to that. It wasn't too long ago, probably
2: December 2021 ish. Yeah, that was a long mm. time ago.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a long time ago, but.
2: And so after that first uh, few years, and I saw the market development department really involves uh, a lot of external communication. So I gravitated toward that. And then I requested to join that team. And, uh, but my the colleagues from the department were all in not. Directly in the office or in other offices or they they work for other home mm-hmm. office, so they tried their best to train me manage me and also give me they give me a lot of freedom just to to learn on my own and uh I took some trips to visit customers and to even visit uh, the customers in in China in asian countries um and so that was really really um helpful to to get familiar with how do we Talk to our producer customers, and how do we talk to the, the market marketplace endorsers? So that's from about 2015 and until now, that's what I've been focusing on. And then I have been working with different different major seafood markets. So I was working in China mainly from 2000 and 2016 to right before COVID, in you know, beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. So I specifically focused um, developing the market in China. And um, GSA asked me to sta- be stationed in China full-time for those time. And then I set up the office, uh, our first, I guess, in-country office uh, for GSA and hired or the team there and trained them. And then we were just a very... Dynamic and energetic, uh, small team. Um, yeah, but now there's
1: a whole team in China yes. with an office and everything. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm very proud of uh, the work they're doing.
0: We were just reminiscing before we came in, actually. And I went I went and visited that first office in China because I started in 2015. And then I went to the, the next year. I think it was like my second year here. We went. We had the Gold Conference yes. in Guangzhou. Yes, yeah. And was that when? No, that wasn't when I saw it. I saw it. When I went to Shanghai. Yeah. I was in Shanghai. So there's a couple of years later. I went for an auditor training course. Mm-hmm. Two
2: thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah. We were
0: running an auditor training course in Shanghai and she Jane brought us over and it was it was a we work facility and it was super cool. It had like beer taps in the lobby and all this <laughs> fancy stuff, like all this like hip new modern uh, perks awesome. and stuff. And her office, I mean, it was a small mm-hmm.
2: space. Yeah.
0: You guys were definitely very close, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, yeah. But,
0: um, but it was really cool. It was all like, um, it was like super collaborative and it yeah. was a neat, neat space. It was cool.
2: Yeah, that was, uh, we picked Shanghai because a lot of the importers, if importers and the Chinese uh, retailers, then they have their uh, office in, in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it's very expensive. So we had to I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. rent by working station, basically. So we had a you know, two, to three, oh. and you can always reserve the conference space. If you have meetings, you have visitors. And so that worked really well. And I, I, I learned so much the time when I was in China. And it was because, because I, I moved to the US for grad school in 2010 after I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. So from 2010 to 2016, I. Was in the U.S. and and but going back to China more recently, it was really the opportunity to learn about oh, what's the latest in in China, in, in including the seafood industry. about what's the general? Sure a lot changed in those years. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, just things developed so fast. I don't know mm-hmm. if it
0: was like just because it happened at GSA, but or GAA at the time. It seemed like those years between like 2016 and 2019
1: mm-hmm.
0: everything just like moved at
1: exponential like, speeds.
0: It was so fast. Everything happened so fast and everything grew <laughs> crazy like we were hiring people every week. It's it felt like. Mm-hmm. I mean, our the company was just growing so fast and it felt like stuff was changing and adapting and growing within the industry super fast yeah. during those few years. Did you yeah. feel that way too? Like, I, like I
2: do, especially when I was in China, and things are even faster. Because like e-commerce,
0: e-commerce uh, was, it was huge booming. in in China. Yeah. I remember that we had a lot of like it was like a different MOU with a different Chinese company yeah. every every <laughs> month. Like, <laughs> <that>. yeah, <laughs> and,
2: and um, because I think mean, the economy was 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 much better, mm. and was everything was happening very fast, and the e-commerce companies were just racing with time and. They had a lot of the younger generation and working for them and who just give their you know, best years. And then they work really long hours and they work very hard. And, and I think it's an investment for, for them to just have this opportunity to work in this um, really new industry and to, to learn a lot. And, um, and then those companies are also, I get, you know, have a lot of pressure. To 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 make it to to, to perform yeah. yeah to perform, and um, I, mean, I think me and our small team in China were caught in that uh, a little bit because oh some of those customers are in that sector and we try to keep up with them and they have a lot of uh, requests they have a lot of questions uh, about the seafood industry about importing seafood into China so that was uh, that was really a, a very good timing. For, for us to set up the I, office I
0: will say when we went to visit the office I was surprised at how many people because it was like mm. later at night it was like oh yeah it was like eight o'clock at night and uh, I was really surprised at how many people were like there in the building still working and like yeah that's that was just the culture right like, oh yeah it was just yeah. like I mean how long were the work days for most people in the
2: so that uh, funny you asked that they I'll use the the e-commerce industry which is are particularly bad at giving you know <laughs> space for work-life balance. They have, <laughs> uh, Very diplomatic way yeah. to say that. <laughs> uh, they have two numbers, and I'll explain the meaning of them. One is 996, and one is 007. So 996 <laughs> is 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six days a week. Oh and the, the other one God. is 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week. So... It's wow. crazy. What? Yeah. And especially during those, if they have a big promotion, think about you know Black Friday. Get, re- right. get ready for that. You have people have tents in the office. Like <gasps> they just sleep on the floor. Literally the living at work. In yes. In the office. Wow. Yes. And that's you know? why
0: it's mostly younger people who are just right, starting their careers. Right. Like, don't necessarily have families oh, and other things yes, like that, right?
2: It, it, absolutely. Because otherwise you can't. You, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Only the, the college graduates, and, or it, they, have, they have a rule like at, they actually don't hire people above age 30 or 35 and something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just because of the, what they are demanding of mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, it, it, it's, they are trying to reward. So the companies, I think they try their best to reward the people and their sacrifice. It, it's, it's crazy. It grows you. Very, very I'm much. I'm sure yeah. oh, that yeah. you're
1: constantly learning
2: new yeah. things and
1: growing if you're spending mm. that much time. Yeah. Learning.
2: However, it is not sustainable. So, no, like you no, think, I you can think only so. do it when you're in early 20s, tw- right. like, And only
1: for a few years. Yes.
2: Yeah. If that. Yeah. Oh, I would have <laughs> burned out my first year.
0: I yeah. Wouldn't, I wouldn't make it. Yeah. <gasps> I know. I just knowing my knowing yeah. me, I wouldn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I think a lot of people can put up with that because we all had had to go through that. For the college entrance exam. Oh. So that's the end of the year high school. Everybody uh, takes that. And you get your grade and your score for, for different subjects. And then it's based on that. You get, you get a place or mm-hmm. you, you can pick your place for college. Oh, wow. everybody would like to go to college, but they're just not that. I don't think there's enough spots for everybody to go. So that's why it's highly competitive.
0: Mm. Mm. Interesting.
2: So then your
1: transition from China to the U.S. back to the U.S. was kind of interesting just because of the timing of it all.
2: Yeah. I feel like it was just providence that I yeah. came came back in late February. That was right after the Chinese New Year. And that was... In 2020. In 2020, and, and then I was in the office for like four weeks. I was
0: gonna say, Yeah, you had a month, yep. yeah, and then I had never, a month. the whole world shut down.
2: I know. I was trying to, oh, I was very excited to be back and to, to come back to the office and see everyone, <laughs> yeah. And then after a the month, and but that was in, enough time for me to find an apartment and get a car, so I felt very blessed that, that it was sufficient time to do that, and then we started working from home, and so did everybody else and um, but I think it was then a nice schedule change because I was just traveling a lot mm. when I was in China, so now it's like, okay, different pace, and how can and we no travel yeah yeah <laughs> at all uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh how how I would deal with this kind of schedule and I think. I I, uh, yeah I really liked it I think it was um,
0: that's so hard though like living in a new well I mean you had been here you had lived here but but like you know moving into a new place even if it's just like a new apartment a new Mm -hmm. city or you know wherever and Mm -hmm. and then not being able to go anywhere or do anything or explore experience like where you're living that's it's got to be tough
2: yeah that's why people ask about oh what's your favorite restaurant you know what are your some your (laughs) spots favorite spots you like and I'm like, mm, I haven't really explored this much for the past couple of years. Right. So. Like you could
1: probably recommend a good takeout <laughs> restaurant yeah. or maybe yes. not dining yes.
0: yeah, Uber Eats. Or, yes. Um, yeah. Um, that's, we were just reminiscing actually because when she was living here before she went back to China, um, Jane met my wife and I before I, I had kids or anything. We met at the Topsfield Fair, which is very- I love the Topsfield it's, it's like yes. such an American thing. Like, so
1: American. <laughs>
0: the, uh, the it's New always England on my birthday. Fall, autumn so fair, yeah. Growing yeah.
1: up, I always went on my birthday, so it's very near and dear yeah. to my heart.
0: And so she was like immersing herself in the culture, there, the, the New Hampshire culture, and then oh, she went yeah. back to China. And, yeah. Uh, and then she couldn't really take take part in that so when she came back, so uh. yeah, we were just talking about that, but yeah. it's it's good that you're- still here now that things are opening nice. up and you can find. Oh yeah. You know, like- yeah.
2: I look forward to this re-learn the local culture and what are the fun things and I love um just adventure. love adventure mm. and I think I i am really um, in love with New Hampshire and the, the local area and uh, so it's really excited.
0: Well it's interesting because we talked to Ken, and we've brought this up now multiple times since we've had that conversation about literally following where your passions go, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is geographically. And a lot of it is like if you're in the United States, like your best option may be to travel outside of the United States and go over Mm -hmm. to Asia or go over to Europe or wherever, you know, wherever the industry is really growing and, and, you know, you can get jobs doing what you want to do. And you did, you did that, but you, did it the opposite of what we've always been talking about is we've always been I said like, Oh, maybe the, you know, there might not be the opportunities you're looking for here in the mm-hmm. U S. So you mm-hmm. probably have to travel outside the U S mm-hmm. and you traveled to the U S to follow that passion, which is fascinating because there's so much aquaculture in China happening. Yeah.
2: Too. Um, so I, it
0: was really the organization, right? Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, so I, I think the organization really offered me the platform to travel to back to China, to, to other Asian countries and, you know, even Latin, Latin American countries and, it's uh, I travel less in China before I came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So this job mm-hmm. took me to South Southern China, Northern mm-hmm. China, uh, the coastal coastal cities. The, the seafood industry is, is very much a big part of the, the the city. And to be honest, a lot of these Chinese food I didn't have or didn't I was not familiar until I. Had the opportunity to travel to the southern China where you know seafood is an uh, aquaculture industry was really uh, thriving, uh, it is still and and that's I, I tell people you know, I had to I had to come out of China to the U.S. <laughs> and then go back to experience yeah. the, all the different cultures yeah. Yeah. throughout yeah, the country. So. Interesting. And with your move back to the U.S.
1: in 2020, that was when you took on a different role at mm-hmm. GAA now yeah. GSA. So tell us a little bit about that, like how you moved from working so closely with everything in China to your new position.
2: Yes, yeah. Coming back to the US, now I have a role of still doing market development work, but more with the North American marketplace, Hmm. because uh, North America, US, Canada, that is the main, one of the largest seafood markets, and a lot of the companies import Aquaculture and, and other seafood that's uh, producing in other countries so then the focus shifted to more end marketplace um, but I would I have been able to apply what I uh, learned in China and, uh, to to the US market uh, because at the end of the day it is you're trying to disseminate accurate information you're trying to provide uh, the seafood buyers and arm them with the correct uh, information or where to find information, where to find certified sustainable producers, and then and feed that into their supply chain so they can provide that uh, responsible seafood choice to their consumers. And it is such a, a complex supply chain I mean, mm-hmm. for seafood, and I mean, they just need all the help they can get. <laughs> that's and I, true. <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like so that's shared because when I was in China. And then you have a bunch of young seafood buyers, and they are learning um, about how to get their seafood into China. and coming back to the US and I think the seafood buyers are much more experienced, but COVID it really provi- it was a perfect storm. And there was so so much going on for the supply chain and logistic issues and you know supply issues and so we uh, can come and provide that support too. And answer questions, and then I think, especially through BEP, that annual audit provide that assurance. Truly, um, the, the buyers wouldn't necessarily have the time, and then now and during COVID, they couldn't go travel to even the production areas to 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 have that oversight of their supply chain. So I do really felt like I I'm in a in a role that helps other people and ultimately serves the the good. the consumers and which is really the mission of the organization. So I feel like it's a good focus and I'm able to adjust to to do that and feel like uh, the team is really supportive and we have that diverse uh, background from different regions of the world and you you just provide the insight of oh um, there's this focus or uh, there's this challenge and but or there's this opportunity so uh that's what I've been doing uh for the and past that, couple of years. That
1: role kind of even brings in what you were saying before, how from when you were young you wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. It almost kind of brings that back a little bit because you're helping people learn about different parts of the seafood industry or the supply chain that they might not be as familiar with.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I feel like uh our organization is is filled with uh teachers and totally yeah, and and educators and or communicators because mm-hmm. we're just trying to get the correct information out there and we all were in the shoes of a consumer that we didn't know the complete information and we thought we didn't have the time to learn about it and now we know uh, and i i know that you know the young the millennial at least um they that consumers and they are curious they want they want information you know mm-hmm. you have the tool a smartphone to look up something quickly. And we just want them to access out of all the noise and the, the crappy information and, and to have confidence. And there are people behind the scenes and trying to work very hard, overcome these challenges and get the healthy choice um, to their dinner
0: plate. For sure. So before we talk about what you see in the future, I want to talk about the immediate future because Jane has something very exciting coming up. Yes, in she In just does. a few days. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't know you. if you want to talk about it on air, but Jane does have her wedding coming up. I can always cut it out if I have
2: to. <laughs> uh, no, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to share it, share it. And so I'm getting married in about 12 days. Yeah. So by so the time soon. people
0: listen to this, she'll probably already be married.
2: So. <laughs> in New Hampshire, right? Uh. The wedding is in Rhode Island, oh. but we'll be uh, living in New Hampshire.
0: Yeah, oh, where so. in Rhode Island is it?
2: Uh, in uh, Pawtucket.
0: Oh, nice. So. Awesome. so nice. So is your family still in China?
2: Yes. My family, um, my parents, and I have a younger brother, they're all in China. And unfortunately, it's due to the travel restrictions mm. and this is COVID policy. They couldn't make it no. um, to the wedding. Uh, however, I have an American family um, that that I um, got to know since when I started working for GSA in the very beginning mm-hmm. and they basically adopted me. And so they mm-hmm. will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we have a family of, of, of 10 now, and they're all coming and uh, supporting me and representing my side of family. Aww. So very, very excited. So. Super cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. And so career-wise, what do you – do you have any – plans or aspirations for the future or are you kind of like just living in the present right now what are, what are your thoughts
2: I think so I, I think uh, I worked I learned so much um, to, to in, in order to become a a good communicator uh, I think one must f- first listen so I did a lot of listening probably the first half of my career and I learned I observed and I took taking the information. And now I feel very comfortable in a, in, in, a, in a place that I can then do the same and communicate what I've learned uh, to, to other people. Um, I love my role of supporting my teammates and supporting the customers. Uh, so I can see myself continuing this.
1: And do you have any, and it can be truly anything, any piece of advice for someone who's thinking about pursuing a career in the seafood
2: industry. Yes, yes. Um, many uh, people that have been on the career path episode probably talked about we all didn't intend to come to work in the seafood industry, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we all just stumbled upon it and <laughs> and then have been here ever since. And so my one piece of advice is to have the passion, really believe in the industry and the, the, the importance of it and the, the role of helping people to have this healthy protein, um, have access to that, and, and then to accompany the passion is develop skills. I mean, listening skills and uh, learn how to ask questions and not afraid of asking questions and then, of course, uh, communication skills and just even basically how to, how to do presentations well um, and those skills. Then to, to, you have the combination of your passion. You really believe in the industry and then you have these practical skills and they can go along. I think that's, that's a good combo that will um, get you far.
0: Awesome. Is there anything else that you want to get out there while you have this platform? Because you don't always have a microphone in front of your face.
2: Yeah. Mm, I think the accomplishing the goal the, you know, for, for your role, for your position, and for the company, that is important. Uh, it it, But it's also very important to care for the people you interact with, whether that's your teammate, uh, that's the customers, and that could be the, the customers the purchase this product from you it could be the one that you are trying to um, really persuade them to to support your your product and that inter interpersonal relationship is a very important um, part of it mm-hmm. and I think I recently I was reminded of the truth that in those interactions sometimes there's miscommunications and sometimes you just because of a lack of the complete information. And I was reminded, like, it's important to assume other people have the best intentions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's more, I think, more times true than not. And even though sometimes it's at the moment you can't see, you just like because I, I don't know about other people that I tend to be like locked in my perspective. and like, oh, this is what I believe is true. And I believe very passionately. and And then why do we have this disagreement or why do we have such different perspective? And I was just reminded recently that it's actually probably both sides are true and they're just, we have a different part of the information and we don't don't all have the um, big picture. And so it's important to, at this moment, just pause and take a break and remember we're probably all working toward the same goal ultimately and everybody deserves that patience that you, you expect, but also you know, we um, need to then extend, extend that grace uh, to mm-hmm. other people. So I think if uh, we can have a very good relationship with, with people and we can build trust with, with them and then just work is easy.
1: And that is why Jane is a professional intercultural communicator. Yeah, it's almost like she's been studying communication.
0: You know? um, is there any way that, what is the best way for people to get in contact with you if they want to talk to you further or get to know you more or, you know, get in, in contact with BAP, any of that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my email is jane, J-A-N-E dot B, and that is B-I at uh globalcefa.org. Right. Feel free to drop me a line. Yeah.
0: Sounds good. Maddie, do you have anything else?
1: No. Thank you so much, Jane.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate you sharing your story. And, you know, I've, wor- I've known Jane for seven years now since I've been working here. And we've uh, had a lot of fun done, you know, traveled and stuff together. But I never knew that that's how you started out here. And me how you got either. Into I, was, I learned something new today. That is was, so it's cool. It's a great story. So yeah. thank you for sharing it. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you around.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Folks, that was our conversation with Jane B. here from here at GSA. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something, and I hope you took some of her advice because she had some really good things to say. We really appreciate you listening, and remember, if you are not subscribed to Aquademia, you got to get on that because that way you'll get every single new episode directly downloaded onto your device as soon as it becomes available.
1: Every single week. That's right. No weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> and... You can keep in touch with us on Twitter at Aquademia Pod, or you can get in touch with us on our website, which is GlobalSeafood.org slash podcast.
0: That's right. And if you have a couple minutes, we would really appreciate it if you took the time to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. It really helps us out. And we really do appreciate every single person that has already done that. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time.
1: Bye.